welcome to Lounge. Today I'm bringing you Ray and Monica from the Bonus Experience Podcast, right here on the Misdirected Martin Network. They're the newest podcast on the network, so it's really cool to have them come by. We have a, a great time, um, as you might imagine, but you don't have to imagine for long because you're about to hear it. So, Before I get into it, though, I do want to put out a call to action to all you lounge lizards out there um, for our friend podcast, I don't know, one of my favorite podcasts, System Mastery. Jeff from System Mastery has had a hospital say, and he uh, he needs a little help, you know? Podcasting, as it turns out, doesn't do a lot for those uh, that medical insurance. So um, anything you can do, anything you can offer is going to be a big help for, uh, for Jeff and John over there. Um, you can find them uh, at systemmasterypodcast.com slash help. And throw a few bucks their way. So, just wanted to, you know, share the love, right? Help those guys out. Anyways, without further ado, here is Ray and Monica. It's like a chill, like a interview format, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You're you're here to shoot the shit with us. That's exactly what I'm here for. Um, and what I always say is, this is your time. Like this is this is me having a conversation with uh, you two. This is my first time with two guests. Um, but so it's very exciting. Yeah. So, but that's okay. <laughs> the seating in the lounge, like it has a lot of of uh, really good seating. You know, I feel like we're in the the corner booth. That's just a big round. Um, oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that you said can, um, can we order appetizers? Like, how is this going to work? I mean, there are appetizers in the lounge, but they're not great. Have, have, I mean, we had like have, cereal have, back in our break room. Like, maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah. Have you listened to any of the episodes of BXP where we have threatened to invade your show? Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think more than once we were like, why don't we just have our break room in the lounge and just have <laughs> we have uh, like halfway through our episode be like, okay, this is our break where we talk about sponsors and stuff, but we we just happen to be having it in a completely different podcast. No, no, that's I I I love that. It's it's like that weird crossover stuff. It's like when you go to see Captain Marvel and see a, a Mallrats reference, like. I didn't expect that, but I'm happy it happened. <laughs> Wait, those are in the same. I haven't seen it yet. I'm so, sorry. Spoilers. Yeah. I just wrote the movie for you. The plot. Is... Captain Marvel and Mallrats exist in the same universe. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say anything more. So, oh well, I mean, God. it takes place in the '90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. It takes I'm, place. Now in I'm the now past. thinking back to like all I remember about Mallrats are the pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally all i remember <laughs> i remember the chocolate covered pretzels and that guy eating them even though he was getting really sweaty yeah <laughs> like he didn't stop to think maybe someone wiped their ass and then touched these pretzels uh, first off i don't take food from anybody who like just hands me food um <laughs> but if i did i don't know if i'd really think that that would be a thing but i think maybe i just assume that anyways i don't know if you were the if you were the highly unpopular principal and one of you one of the 
most notorious like class clowns slash problem kids handed you food of opened food unprompted yeah i don't know it's just but you know i can pick at it all i want that's literally all i remember about the movie that's fine. So clearly it had an impact on me that's okay there was a, there was a, yeah that's well that movie had I, I don't know i that movie actually probably changed my life a little bit that and hackers like came out in like the same oh. year and uh i feel like those two movies are like oh this is what movies can do and i think for me that was the matrix i don't know if that's okay. dating me at all no that's fine <laughs> i mean i'm dating myself because that's like that was when i was in college those two movies came out so um but i'm oh. old. Oh shit! I'm like not Phil old, <laughs> but I'm that not Monica cool. responding. No, no, no! Like, I oh, no, I'm fidgeting, so I'm painting, and I wanted to use a tiny little drop of black paint, and a ton of it came out, and you just heard me oh. cussing at the fact that I just put a ton of black paint into my wet palette when I need a tiny little bit. What do you, are you painting miniatures or? Yes, I am. Okay, I, I I was imagining miniatures, but then I suddenly realized like she could be Bob Rossing it right now. I mean, I could be Bob Rossing right now, but oh. I'm I'm not. Okay. Just, just you could be I'm Bob Rossing the miniatures though, right? I could be like, Bob Ross. I'm. We're gonna. There's only. We're gonna do a happy little thing. highlight. Happy. <laughs> happy accident on your now your army mostly black. Mm, that happy accident there. happened in my wet palette, fortunately, and hopefully <laughs> there will not be any more happy accidents on the, the model itself. Um, I'm yeah, so I usually impressed. do something like paint a model or whatever when I talk to people, especially interviews. It keeps my hands busy, keeps me kind of paying attention. Oh, cool. That's actually yeah. a really good idea. I don't. I just like, well, I here's the thing. I always have notes open so that mm -hmm. I can like, you know. Oh yeah, I, I you know remember to put this thing in the show notes and stuff like that. I almost never listen. I know bad podcaster. I almost never listen to my full episode. Mm. You know, I didn't used to enjoy listening to myself. Mm, excuse me, until we started doing BXP, and I love listening to our episodes. Is that weird? Well, it, you know what? <laughs> I when I used to do like my own podcasts and stuff, I hated listening to my voice. But when, I love mm -hmm. listening to my my interviews. Like I'll, I, a lot of times I'll listen to them. But if I'm if I'm in a crunch before I edit them, I'll like just the back end. The you know, if I knew there was something weird in the middle, I'll, I'll have made a note of the time of it. So, um, but it's um, it's like like I I, I like I like how I interact with people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it might be that with with. You too. I mean, you know, Monica and, and which wait, um, say who you are. <laughs> just oh yeah, just, just for the sake of the for the people who don't know who we yeah, are. Have we, have we started? Is this the episode? Yeah, oh, we're already in it. I, I, you, you don't. Oh, know. Okay. I'll, I'll talk it's about like where you're from and everything in the. I, I yeah. record a thing before and I do it later. But um, just you, just to say who you are for for the vo voices for the, the crowd. Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm Monica. Mm -hmm. You heard me say, "Oh shit!" a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ray. I'm the other one. 
Yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard you say oh shit yet. So that, I didn't say oh shit. I was the one who was laughing at the Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> um checked in to make sure I was okay. I well the the reason I, I uh, the only reason I ask is because I, I want I don't want people to necessarily like say which one was which? Okay, sorry. So <laughs> due diligence is done. Yeah, um, yeah. Due diligence. Also, name, we don't. Also, my name is written is very strange. <laughs> so some, sometimes I have to. Oh, it's 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 Ray or it's Rye, whichever. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty mean, chill. I never really thought about that. I got I well, I had a friend in college whose whose name was Ray, and that's how she spelled it. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's not completely completely wild no. i have a weird my like i started out my young internet career as like a, a an inappropriately like 13 or 14 should not have been on the internet Ooh. uh but i i took the name rai r-a-i after my favorite japanese kanji okay. <laughs> so i went by rai for a long time and then when i met my husband or my my soon-to-be husband and his two boys they were pronouncing it Ray because they thought it was short for my full name, which is Rachel. Okay. And I got so used to both because I had all these friends calling me Rye, and now I have my new family calling me Ray that I, anytime I was like, how is that pronounced? I was like, you could go either way. I'm yeah. really, I, I'll answer to either. I mean, at the beginning of redoing BXP, you introduced yourself as Ray, and I had only previously known you as Rye, and I had a moment like there was a cutout existential crisis where I was like, "Have I been mispronouncing it for 15 years?" <laughs> <laughs> this is how you find out. <laughs> she's been too polite for a decade and a half to correct. Wow. <laughs> and you yeah, were kind of like, "No, that's a new me. thing." Yeah, a new <laughs> and thing. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay. Well, it's that's, a new permanent that's, thing. That's." If that's what you're into, I support it. So why do you say it like that? Why I said it like that? Wow, that's weird. I usually, like I said, I I'm gonna put an eggplant emoji in my name. <laughs> um, well, so now, so you've been friends for a long time. You've been how long has BXP been around? A year. Oh, you just oh, we that's right. We just had our Yes. Yeah. Well, we just I'm had our one year pot anniversary. Your your uh your re repertoire is so uh well thought out that I must I just assumed that it had been around a lot longer. Um but yeah, you just oh, had your pot anniversary. Thank, you. um, thank you. That is the power of my obsessive nature. <laughs> so is that where that <laughs> where that comes from? I mean, you 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 want to you know, you do all the notes and all the stuff? Um I am a lot of the driving force behind how BXP is organized okay. and released. Okay. <laughs> Ray does the really hard work, which is editing and such. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, you know, uh, Monica, Monica does a lot of the, she has a lot of the ideas. She does a lot of the outline. Um, I don't have all the also, ideas. She also works closely with her new, her new alter ego, the mysterious program manager. Uh, to talk about you know guests and crossovers and you know how to interface with other podcasts and i'm most i'm mostly like editing looking into like new new technology for the podcast or new techniques uh i i kind of and then i kind of fill in the gaps if like one of us gets sick or 
or, you know, we both have ADHD, so we're either running real hot or real cold. <laughs> and thankfully, yep, yep. those haven't lined up for us where we're both running cold. <laughs> so at least yeah, one no. of us is always on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really worked out that I've been real hot a couple times when you've been cold. Uh, which, which I'm great, sure was honestly. really annoying for you. No, no, it was, <laughs> if anything, it made me feel bad. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not. Like, I was, I was like archiving it for like, I know in like another week, I'm going to be back on like, yeah, let's do this. But right now it's like, okay, cool. And like filing it for future me. <laughs> I, I often feel like I, me and my, my relationship with my thought process is that I am a character in a side scrolling platformer. Okay. Um, so the the wall is constantly coming towards me, and I have to stay ahead of it uh, while leaping oh, over yeah. obstacles in the way. So, like, oh my God. I have to stay ahead of me at all times, <laughs> or it will catch up to me, and I will lose. Game's game's over yeah. uh, if the wall catches up to me. Uh, so, like, sometimes um, when I'm blowing your phone up, that is because I am staying ahead of me. <laughs> 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 and I don't wall like, of death. Yeah, ahead of the wall of death. Uh, like I said to you one time, if there's anything I need you to do immediately, I will just tell you. Otherwise, this is just me working through it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think the fact that we knew each other for so long, and have always kind of had this contact through tabletop role playing games, has really helped us. Um, uh, not only like, not only work together, but maintain uh, enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. for running a podcast for little to no money. <laughs> hey, you too can make tens of dollars. <laughs> I, 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 also, I have often referred to my literally dozens of listeners. So. Uh. <laughs> hey, that's us. Hey, yeah, it's <laughs> us too. We, I mean, yeah. I, I, like, I've been told, like, I, I was researching stuff and that, like, the people who engage with you are at most 10% of the people who actually listen to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have what, 21 subscribers yes, to our 21 patrons. Which now, indicates yeah. that maybe there's about 210 people. I, if that you know, checks out. That would be awesome, but I think most, I, I think we have particularly engaged fans too. Uh, so I mean, I'm not I, sure that. I firmly believe that people pick it up, listen to a couple episodes, go, that was fun, and then move on. Hmm. Uh, I think that happens with a lot of shows because I certainly do it. Like, I, I, listen to, I used to not listen to podcasts, now I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. Well, you have, and you found that, I'm assuming that you found that, that you know, you, because you're doing a podcast, you also, like, ah, okay, maybe I'm projecting Okay. What, project, I've ended up, away. what I've ended up doing is people will mention a podcast. And I'll be like, neat. Let me check it out. And I'll listen to mm -hmm. it. And I'll be like, format, format, format. And then I'll, you know, that was cool. Um, and then like not listen to another episode. Although sometimes I'll stay subscribed for years and years uh, without. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I will give it a listen. And if it catches my attention, I'll listen to a ton of it, like in one go. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll usually subscribe to it. And then if it's something I particularly enjoy, then it's something I put in my, my rotation because I have a desk job that is like very data entry heavy. And so I sit quietly for eight hours a day. 
um, don't have to call anybody, don't have to speak to anybody, <laughs> which is beautiful. ideal podcast. It's beautiful. It's, it's ideal podcast listening time, and Google Docs is not blocked. So I like work on podcast shit I can work on, and I listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, if it doesn't catch my attention, sometimes I'll still have subscribed to it, but, uh, you know, then I listen to like an episode or two and then, and then don't go back or whatever. Yeah. Is there anything lately that's really like, like you've really picked up and thought, thought this is a really neat thing. Uh, like podcast wise. Yeah. Um, where's my phone? Uh, <laughs> I've been, let me see what I've been listening to. Sure. Um, I uh, very kind of kind of recently I started uh, listening to the film re-roll um, completely on a weird uh, viral recommendation because it had come up on my feed on my on my Tumblr feed. I haven't checked my Tumblr in like months now, but someone was talking about this uh, actual play podcast where for two episodes, the host slash GM had been because the, the way the film re-roll is formatted for those who who aren't familiar with it. It's an actual play with a, a variety of different systems, I think. Um, but they they structure their games after uh, movies, after movie plots. Like you'll be playing, you know, this character in that movie, and and they they assign characters and make their sheets. But then just sort of play through the movie, kind of like an alternate universe. Uh, the the GM told them they were playing this really obscure cult film, like indie summer teen romance. Uh, and gave them all these like cliche like 80s teen romance characters to play but actually they were playing through a friday the 13th movie <laughs> and it was incredible it was really good <laughs> the, the the gm played it pitch perfect and because the players like some of them were a little suspicious like that's kind of weird but because they were so caught up in that this is just a wacky horny 80s teen comedy they didn't pick up on it until the maniac showed up with a machete <laughs> it was it was really good so i've i've been meaning to go back and listen to some of the other ones i don't know if they can because i really like i like twists and i like surprises and games i don't think he'll be able to pull off another one like that but just those two episodes alone have, have kind of got me. That's really kind of cool. got me uh, subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just took a quick look at, at what they do, and like they've got like Goonies and John Wick and Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting for really cool Weekend at Bernie's game. Yeah. <laughs> um. That gave Monica time. I, maybe Monica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled up my list, but uh, I was also had my mic muted because um, Henry had used the bathroom and oh my God. the kitchen. <laughs> we fair. gotta uh, give you like another recording location or something. Listen, in, in June, uh, my girlfriend will be moving in with us and we will have a three bedroom house and I will have a room where I can shut the fucking door. Oh yes. And then just give give Henry like a twenty and drop him off at the mall. <laughs> be like, I'll come back. Get I'll you. just I'll just have her entertain him for a while. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, two of the like uh, podcasts I've been really enjoying lately are uh, All Systems Goku, which is from GiantBomb.com, mm -hmm. um, where two guys who have never seen Dragon Ball Z ever uh, watch through all of Dragon Ball Z Kai <gasps> and, then, oh. and then review it. And, oh and they God. review it as they're going, and they have no idea... They've never seen it. Their only ex their only exposure to it was playing the fighting games. <laughs> um, so it is really enjoyable to listen to these oh, two really charming yes. like video game journalists 
watched the entire fucking series of Dragon Ball Z Kai. Oh, we swear, I'm mad about it. Um, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, review it. And it's um, it's 34 episodes long. I think they do five, four to five episodes a show. Well, oh, I gotta get uh, some of that. <laughs> it's 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 great. Um, I also really enjoy Go Fact Yourself, okay. which is a um, quiz show, a trivia quiz show, where they have celebrity guests on, uh, and then they they play trivia against each other. Uh, but the 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 meat of the show is that they have to answer trivia questions about areas they decide they are an expert in. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> so like, and it is wide open. They get to pick whatever. So it, they get the guests get quizzed on. Uh, one, they they have to submit three things they think them that they are an expert in outside of their field of work. Okay. And then they get quizzed on it. Uh, and <laughs> if you if you genuinely enjoy watching someone geek out about a thing they really like or being super knowledgeable about a thing they really like, you're gonna you're gonna love it. And it is also it's also got um are you familiar with the show Wait Wait No Don't Tell Me? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you like Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, um one of the hosts is occasionally a panelist on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, and it has that same sort of snappy that snappy kind of current smart sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um Plus, it is also a trivia panel show, so. That sounds I was great. expecting it to go the other way, like, this is a podcast of self-owns, where you thought you no. were an expert, but now we're asking you. But when you frame it as like, oh, it's a podcast of people getting really excited and geeky about things that they love. Now, uh, you know, that's way better than what that's I expected. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun. I like that. Um, what else is in my thing? Uh, the Misdirected Mark Show. Huh. That's a great show. Uh, yeah. No, bonus bonus experience. That one. Oh, bonus. that sounds really good. Bonus yeah. experience. Tell I me about that one. I can't remember <laughs> that one enough. <laughs> uh, I also like uh, By the Book, um, where two women who are buddies uh, read self-help books and then live by them for two weeks. Whoa. A, yes. It's and they're the two of them are are really enjoyable and they're really funny and they they bounce off of each other, uh, and so it's sort of part book review, part reality show. That sounds really uh, and, amazing. Yeah, uh, I. It was um, they were previously on another network from another show I was listening to. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I have, give myself like a huge range, and then I sample from the buffet during my eight hours of quiet time. That's um, uh, and that that ad came up and i was like oh my god that sounds like so much fun so i put it on and that was one of the podcasts that i just like binged immediately yeah that's uh i i love experimental podcasts um i've been loving obscure since it launched it's michael ian black Mm -hmm. and he's reading Mm -hmm. the book jude the obscure chapter by chapter um and then commenting as he as he goes he's never read it before um Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because it's one of those like like I did, I was an English lit major and you know, there's all these books. Hey, me too. Like, oh, oh yeah. Hey, right me on. too. Um, <laughs> hey. Um, it's a room full of three people that keep getting asked, so are you going to teach or what are you going to do with that major? Uh, I was yeah. going to, and then turns out that sucks. But anyway, carry on. Tell, yeah, me, tell me about Judy Obscure. Um, so Judy Obscure is this book that it was written uh, in the 19th century. Um, okay. And it's about this this uh, young man named Jude, who basically lives a life of 
full obscurity, never actually reaching the potential that he thinks he has or like even beyond that, which, you know, like he doesn't have like huge high hopes for his life and mm-hmm. those are never met. Um, and it's oh. kind of an interesting, <laughs> like, it's an interesting take, but the best part about it is that, it, that it's just, it's Michael Ian Black who's very funny and he'll get to these parts and he'll just get super angry with them or he'll bring in guests to talk about like, how stupid are these people? And then like none of the guests have read the book. And then it it even better. It's really good. It's really good. Um, I don't know how bingeable it is. Cause I've been like, it was funny. Cause it was definitely one of those situations where I heard about it. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to binge that now. And I was like, find it. Episode one. All right. <laughs> Here we are. So, um, but I, uh, oh, I, I love a good experimental when we're, when we're done with the interview, I have a, I have a big experimental podcast that's coming up that I'm not going to announce officially yet, but I'll tell you oh, about it off my, we get to, we get to share a secret. You get the exclusive. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I, I mean, as far as podcasts that are a little bit more mainstream, I do thoroughly enjoy my favorite murder. I am a murderino. Um, you heard it here first, kids. Um, and I also really like the dollop. The what? The dollop. I have not heard of that. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, it is a an American history podcast where um, comedian Dave Anthony, who is also a huge history buff, uh, takes a a event or person or whatever from American history, writes it up like a story, and then reads it to his to his co-host Gareth Reynolds, another comedian who is an idiot, or at least plays an <laughs> idiot character for this. Like I don't think he's probably he's probably not actually stupid, but he plays an idiot character uh, off of him, uh, and then he has no idea what the topic is about, and then like that is it. He one guy reads the other guy uh, a story about American history, uh, who reacts to it, and then they do bits, and it's very funny. That's... So it is very informative, but also hilarious. That's fantastic. I love. Um, I as love far as like. As far as very odd, <laughs> very odd podcasts, I, um, I, I'm not like a an avid listener, but every now and then I'll check in on the Boogie Monster, uh, mostly because it's my it's my husband's favorite, so it'll be on in the car. It's two comedians, um, Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone, ostensibly talking about like cryptids and conspiracy theories. Like uh-huh. their their episode is supposed to be about like, you know. Bigfoot or uh, MK Ultra or something, but inevitably for the first like 30 minutes of the hour-long show, they'll be talking about food. <laughs> like they'll be talking about like, oh, it's a really good fried chicken, or they're they're making fun of each other about you know podcasts or they're and they're always like super drunk and high <laughs> through the whole thing. And it's and uh, Kyle is very. Um, He's he's a he's he leans more liberal, but he's also just a really like a aggressive kind of guy. Oh yeah. And then Dave is Dave is an idiot. <laughs> like he doesn't really doesn't really know, which kind of makes it funnier. And and Kyle's always like making fun of him for it. And then eventually they get around to talking about Bigfoot, like with ten minutes left. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's um uh, I love Kyle Kinane. I He's he's been he's awesome. He he actually on his on his last tour he went through my hometown bellingham 
And uh, he had nothing but bad things to say about Bellingham, Washington. And I was so delighted <laughs> because <laughs> I have this real love-hate relationship with this town that I grew up in. Yeah. And he met like the upper crust of the worst parts of Bellingham yeah. at this one show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, in it's, um, I'm involved with the comedy community in Rochester, New York, and that's one of my favorite things is when comedians will, will visit here and, and just peg Rochester perfectly, like, you know, uh, it's such a it's such a great like, oh yeah, that's a thing, like that's really awful about here. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the the guy from Bellingham that was heckling him worked for like the local free paper oh and demanded that he get up front seats. And Kyle was describing as like he had like a ponytail, but he was old, and also he still had like the hemp jewelry on, and he was wearing sandals. It's like that's fucking Bellingham, <laughs> like in one person. <laughs> oh man. Um... So do you ever take ideas from podcasts that you listen to and kind of like, oh, can, can we can we incorporate this into what we do? I mean, I I will say that when I when when we when I conceptualized sort of the idea for this show, um, I really well, I you can you can listen to the MMP New Year's stream where drunk Monica tells all. No, oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, but I was also really inspired by uh, System Mastery, which is another podcast I listen to. Um, John, on the, on John and Jeff. Yeah. Um, and what I really wanted to do was present like topics you'd go to a panel at at Metatopia, but in a John and Jeff style. Mm. And really like one of the only people I could possibly do that with is you. Oh. <laughs> oh. Are you talking about me, right? I am talking about you. Oh, also thank you. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know, I know that as far as like from the like the editing and polish side, I borrow a lot of what I think the McElroy Empire is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because they like a lot of their shit is so is so polished and because i mean it's like it's like how they make that's their income <laughs> so yeah. they have to be really really good at it so i know i take a lot of at least like editing cues and production cues from what i hear the mcelroy is doing mm -hmm. um as far as content sorry my screen just fell asleep as far as content i don't know that i borrow from other pod because i don't listen to a lot of other like craft cast like i'll listen to actual plays and maybe get ideas from like oh the way they were running that mm. i didn't agree with or oh i really liked how the gm handled that cue and and maybe that'll come up in a topic discussion but uh as far as content i think i think monica probably gets more more content ideas than i do though i mean i i've never i can't say i've ever lifted content ideas from another show hmm. um Sometimes the topics that go on our outline were set off because I saw a discussion somewhere mm -hmm. that made me mad and I disagreed with it. And I think we need to talk about whatever on the show um, or someone asked me a question and then I really thought about it or um, 
my constantly running ADHD brain generated something weird and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I had to go on the outline uh, or whatever. Like usually my topic ideas, the stuff that goes on the topic list are from conversation or posts or stuff that happens online because I actually don't listen to that many craft podcasts either. Mm. I think the closest thing I do is, is MMP. Um, and uh, which actually I had never listened to before I joined the network. And then I started listening to it and I was like, of course, this is delightful. Of course it yeah. is. Like, this is our home. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, my people. My people. I mean, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, no wonder they wanted us on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm well, home. I mean, I like that's that though, uh, you know, MMP and, and pandas are kind of the only craft ones I listen to now, mostly because. If I listen to another one, there's a lot of the time where I just I'll run into content that I don't like anymore. You know, like, uh, oh, like, really grong, like true grognard stuff that that, oh, okay. like, like you know the, the the oh, and by the way, that's that pronunciation comes from Jeff from System Mastery, um, okay. because it's a French word apparently. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it means old soldier in French. <gasps> That's I need that. Beautiful. I was saying grognard just because it kind of sounded like uh, an old sci-fi term, <laughs> like <laughs> a grognard from the planet Exulon F- 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 Seven. But it's actually a word. Apparently. It's like a word. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> and and then it switched in my brain, and I and I've been trying to switch back, and I've had people correct me, and I'm like, eh, all right. Um, but, but I mean, that's part of it. Like, like when people say like, well, is the GM, you know, you have to make sure you control the narrative, blah, 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 you know, um, uh, don't, I, I was listening to one, oh, I can't think of, I don't want to put them on blast anyways. Yeah, don't put them on blast. Just, just yeah. bitch and, and, and leave them anonymous. <laughs> but I was <laughs> this podcast and this guy is talking about how like you never want to improvise anything as a as a game what? master. Like what? you, you okay. want to have everything ready. You want to be able to, and like okay, so the comedy. That I guess I do, if you don't have a family or a job, sure. <laughs> this is all you're gonna <laughs> well, do: no, simulate reality. Can yeah. you read minds? Right. Because right. if you can, then you don't need to improvise. I mean, that's. <laughs> You know, there, I guess that 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 that's the best way to do it. Um, yeah. So that was the telepathic game master, actually. Which uh, that right, makes yeah. now. Oh, All right. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, telepathic Damn, game master. Out I'd argue. Good for him. Good for him. No wonder there was that eerie music her. the whole time. Or her. Um, or her. Or her. Or him. him or her. No, let's be real. Yeah, I but established it being a he. Yeah, it was. I believe it was, you used cheap pronouns in the previous sentence, so I'm gonna uh, roll with he. But like, yeah. I, I do, I do. I've done improv comedy for almost 20 years, and I play role playing games. And like, making up bullshit is what I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't tell me the thing that I do isn't good. And honestly, it's so much easier to learn how to get good at making up bullshit than it is to try to anticipate every potential question or fork in the road like just learn how to fake it really good it's gonna be yeah. so much easier <laughs> i mean i was actually coaching a young friend i have a i have a buddy who i met through a beta test who is really young like still mm-hmm. a teenager really young um an adult but still a teenager uh and he's 
kind of a newish GM. Like, I think he's been doing it for a while, but like only a couple years and, and a group that plays infrequently and occasionally will be like, Monica, what, what should I do here? And then he was talking about how he was just planning out this whole thing in response to something that his players might do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right there because you've planned out this whole scene and you don't know how that fight's going to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that way leads only heartache. Right. I was like, here's a whole bunch of questions you need to ask yourself about what might happen because you're assuming they're going to just steamroll the fight, but you're playing a D20 game. None of them could roll higher than a 10. Ooh. So yeah. what do you, what yeah. do you do? What do you do if, I mean, you may have totally balanced the encounter for their level. I don't doubt your ability to do that, but what do you do if it doesn't work out that way? Yeah. Also you like, you're saying that it's going to be a, like X number of rounds. You don't know that. Yeah what do you do if it if they one shot it if one guy gets a lucky crit kills the boss immediately what do you do then what do you do if they go we don't want to fight we're gonna talk these guys down what do you do then like um, unless you can predict any of those outcomes you're gonna have to improvise right like you can have a good guess i mean especially if it's a group that you play with a lot you can guess and you can be like, I'm pretty sure that they will go down this way. But that's just reading the room. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, sometimes your players will still be like, nah, we want to kill them or whatever. I've been playing with the people I play with for, let's see, since 1993. So, wow. yeah, that's 20, oh, geez, 26 years. Oh, yeah, I got to I got to leave. Um, but, uh, would you like to know how old I was in 1993? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I think I'm good. Um, um, but, uh, but like, but I'll say this, I would never attempt to anticipate what they're thinking. <laughs> like, right. After, after a quarter of a century, I would just know what I've learned, yeah. and I don't know if, if you would agree with this, what I've learned is if I know what the what the non-player characters, what all the other elements are doing and what their motivation is and everything, whatever the player characters do, I know how to, I can respond to it. I'm just like yeah. silently nodding. Yeah, that's that's 100% how I... Uh, that's 100% how I prep for games is, yeah. is knowing what would happen if the players didn't get involved. So right. I know how the plots would work out, how, you know, this NPC would, would compensate for this NPC's actions. And then the players are the only, they're truly the only variable. Yeah. But if I know my NPCs and my setting well enough, I don't have to worry about anticipating their every move. I just need to know, okay, what is this NPC going to do then if, you know, this happens? Yeah, it's a really good way to look at it. Usually what I do, because I, I never do anything simply, um, is uh, kind of what I was describing there, talking to my, my young friend, um, was that I will narrow it down to like a bunch of different possible outcomes. Mm-hmm. Hang on a second, I'm going to cough. Ew. <laughs> I'm recovering from a cold. Um so, like, what happens if the fight takes a really long time? What happens if the fight is short? What happens if they try to talk it down? What happens if they do nothing? 
you know oh yeah that's always an option uh, and then so what happens and if they then, go, fuck it and leave what happens if they <laughs> yeah what happens if they say fuck it and leave yeah um and then like sometimes i will have a thing i want to happen like he was really excited about like having this pilot show up to rescue them and i'm like don't throw that away that's totally valid take that answer of this pilot arriving and then make it fit the answer for each of those questions yeah mm -hmm. if yeah. you've got a yeah. really cool set piece find a way to make sure that it always shows up right yeah it's the what is it the 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 ogre in the forest i can't remember what you call the it. orcs are in the forest no matter which way you go yeah oh you're right right they're they're, they're which is in cheap that but your players aren't going to know the difference no. They're going to be like, oh, we made the right choice, <laughs> which yeah. happened to be the really cool, fun thing. So no one's going to complain. I, right. And, well, and go ahead. Oh, I, I've heard you say that before, Monica. And it actually makes me think of, of um, something that I tried accidentally almost back in the 90s when I was running a ton of like World of Darkness stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a mage campaign where I just, people just wanted to play it and I didn't really know what to do. So I just introduced uh, plot threads all the time. And what I found happening after a few games was that people would put together the plot threads in ways that I did not anticipate at all. And I would then say, okay, that works. And I basically completely improvised the entire mess, this, this huge meta plot off of them just picking up on elements that I would, that I would just throw in and like, Oh, the, that must be related to this part of it. Da, 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 da. And like, okay. And then anything they You're absolutely right. You're so clever. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys are really smart, but not quite. Cause it actually was a little bit left of that. Oh, we almost. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to me running exalted. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, sometimes I did intentionally connect them, and sometimes I would just throw things out there. Yeah. And then people would assume they were connected. Right. And then you just don't deny it. Right. You just like. <laughs> uh, That's how I'm handling. Or, um, I'm actually running a. I'm I'm running a, a game of uh, the Curse of Strahd for a couple of friends, and because it's a game of uh, paranoia and mistrust, well, de depending on how, that's how it's encouraged that you play it. I, I'm very careful to not give them the conclusion to clues that they pick up. Like if they pick up on some foreshadowing or they notice that an NPC is acting squirrely or something like that, I don't tell them, oh, he's he's got a twitch in his right eye and oh, that's weird. He's never had that tick, he's never had that tick before. He might be someone in disguise. I just I just drop the just the pure sensory information and just kind of let them run wild with it. Because that's um I, I am a big fan of letting the players' paranoia run away with them. Yeah. Because they come up with way more trouble to get into than I could possibly create before the game. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's a thing. It's so much fun and to watch. You're brilliant. It's yeah. a thing I've had a conversation <laughs> a little bit with uh, with Chris about the improvised mystery. And I and I'm confident that it's a thing that could could exist i don't know if i could do it in a one shot but in a in a in a campaign i think i you know i don't know what the what the end objective is now i'm saying it on a recording so anybody that listens to this will be like oh i see what you're doing so fine i'll have to come up with another trick but um <laughs> you know i actually um with uh because i'm also i'm also a, a writer 
on top of you know game writing and podcasting. I'm also a, a, a novelist. Um, and I, I love to experiment outside of my wheelhouse and try new genres. And I was looking up mystery writing, like how do, how do you craft a really good mystery? Because I always thought it was you work backwards from the answer. Like you know who the killer is, you know how the killer did it, and then you write the book backwards. But there's actually a lot of a lot of authors use that use like improv techniques basically like they just come up with the scenario and they come up with all these disparate clues and crazy characters and just sort of let it write itself mm -hmm. and the author themselves won't know who did it until they get to the end and go oh the way i've been writing it should absolutely be the hot dog stand owner <laughs> and, and that's how they end up doing it so the whole like mystery by the seat of your pants is absolutely something that can be done yeah yeah and, and and I think that I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of you know game designers and whatnot that that just you know run away from that entirely. Um, I mean, Chris, Chris, is the, we, we've been having the conversation, but he's not he's not opposed to it. But I've run run that by other folks, and they've they've you know no run be go away from me. I don't know what that voice was. Um, <laughs> I had a long day at work. I just wanted to do a voice, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, so so I mean, you talk about game master device advice. You talk about player advice too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What's I um, mean, we are about a play experience. Sure, and that's and the finer <laughs> details of running and running games. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> thanks. 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 Uh, and now I think that. Um, your approach to it is, is where, okay, let's compare you to your, your inspiration system mastery. I don't think makes any attempt to educate at all. Um, well, no, they just read old games and review them. Yeah. Um, but it, whereas I think that your focus on education while having fun with it and well, well, um, may having, having, you know, silliness just intrude upon the conversation um, makes it a lot of fun to kind of, you know, uh, listen along. And it, do, it doesn't sound like a lesson plan is basically where I'm going with that. Um, and That's I, really good to hear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it should be because you, you're, you're good at your craft, which is why the folks at uh, Mr. Good Mark, uh, the, that network or our network wanted you as part of it. Um, and they wanted me there, even though I'm tumbling over my words right now. Uh, um, <laughs> but where I wanted to go basically was You're doing your best, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I mean, I'm like, <laughs> they're there. Let me ask a question. <laughs> Let me just condescend to you a little bit on your own show. No, that's. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny. Sorry. That was great. That was. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. If I did. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. Um... Usually, she's being mean to me. Is how this goes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have Margaret to kick around, so it... no. Margaret oh, has right, the Margaret, <laughs> the whipping, the whipping girl, whipping blush. <clears throat> yeah. Although we could have had her on, but 
I, I she's yeah. really hard to get a hold of lately. Um, yeah. Something about like I think she's been doing like some vampire hunting. I'm not oh, sure okay. if that's over yet. For whatever you said, there was a pause after I think she's been doing, and I in my head I said meth. So I guess <laughs> vampire hunting or meth, or maybe meth. a little of both. As long as she shows up and gets the work done, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> um, but I, I guess where I'm going with this whole thing is, is you know, you've it makes sense to hear that that system mastery was your focus. But I think you've done a, you've you've done a great job of <clears throat> having an educational take on that. Um, was was that something when you were kind of coming up with this whole idea? Was that something right off the bat you were like, well, no, we want to make this of value to people that want information and, and want to learn lessons? Or was that just did that just kind of come along with the way I mean, the two of you work? I am trying to think back to our initial texts when we were talking about yeah. So we've always had like a really clear like we've always had a really clear vision of bonus experience being uh, fun and also like an, an advice show kind of mm -hmm. at its, at its heart, like a discussion of best practices and, and, and craft work. But I don't know that it ever, I don't know if we ever even really agreed on that in writing. I think it just sort of happened organically. Okay. I, I mean, I had in mind that, so my, because BXP was a wild hair up my own butt, and then I was like, "Ray, we're right, going to do you this." Were, you were mad at you were mad at what's his name because he was Matt presenting Cole, yes. all these great. He was presenting these honestly like mediocre takes on running games as though they were these brain these brainstorms, these huge like oh, I've had a brilliant idea, and you were so pissed about it. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, you were so pissed about it. You're like, I, "That's it. I'm just going to do it myself. I'm just going to do it myself." Right. Yes, that's that's what happened. Um, it was specifically <laughs> that's the sober uh, version. Yeah, it's the sober version. The advice that was presented as being earth shattering was more or less, "Hey, did you know if you talk to your players, they'll do what you ask them to?" Ooh. Ooh. And I was like, only sorry, sorry, Doc here. Uh, only a man thinks that's earth shattering. Uh, I mean, <laughs> listen, I just discovered this year that sometimes. When something is set on top of something, that thing below it doesn't disappear forever. So <laughs> I mean, I struggle with this as well. <laughs> I I too am clutter sighted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. My, my, my one way. of the reasons why I don't have a webcam because then someone would see my office, which is really my storage shed. <laughs> yeah. But the the things on top are the important things, and the things below that are. You know, yeah, I have a system. Yeah. Invisible. Yeah, yeah those yeah, are just there to hold up the important thing. My wife lifted something off of something. I'm like, you're a warlock. Um, <laughs> 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 but, but, uh, I mean, but, the, well, that's why mansplaining is a thing, right? Because, like, it's the most, I'm about to do it, it's the most obvious bullshit <laughs> that everybody knows. <laughs> That you're being told, like it's fantastic. I've this discovered... just occurred to me, a man, right? So a really, man, this is brilliant, and no one else has thought has thought of it, and yeah. I need to share. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was just, and and it was my my spouse who is 
quite an excellent gem and not really in need of gemming advice much. Uh, I mean, everybody can stand to have some advice, even if they're good at their craft. Um, but he was listening to it and like, I was like, why are you, why are you listening to this? This isn't, this also isn't a revelation to you. <laughs> BSP is a product of spite. Yeah, which I actually but find also, for me personally, spite is a powerful motivator. Oh, so much so. <laughs> that, but it is a, a, it is, but it is also very much a product of love too. And honestly, Mon Monica is, um, Monica. I don't know. I don't know if this is true. She might interrupt okay. me encounter. Monica is extremely confident and assertive to the point um, where I will I will compliment her on something like that was really good. That was a really cool idea. That was really clever. And she'll go, thank you, I know. <laughs> like something along those lines. <laughs> and, and at first you're like, Ugh. but but I it's honestly working with her and working with her um dogged assurance that I have a that I share my voice not just like sonically but like the things that i like my ideas and my thoughts mm -hmm. um and, and basically that i have a right to have space and to speak with authority about these topics has been really kind of uh uh like a little bit transformative for me in the last year not just as a podcaster but also in in writing and in other and in other fandoms that i'm in like i play um I play a lot of Destiny, which is a first-person shooter, which is traditionally a pretty masculine arena, but I'm feeling more and more confident, like, I'm going to talk about what I know about this game and how to play it, because, goddammit, I have a right to be here and have opinions, too. And it's it's been kind of a, uh, kind of an unforeseen benefit, I guess, to, to having this forum of, I'm going to talk about this like I'm right, because I am, mm -hmm. which is not something I'm used to. <laughs> That made me so happy. <laughs> uh, I am not really confident. I'm faking it. But I have tried more so into my adulthood to be to own the knowledge that I have. And like, uh, I am a good game designer and I am a really good GM and I can speak with authority. It's one of the few things in life I can say with confidence that I am super good at. And like, I want to say you should listen to me, but that sounds like an assholeish thing to say. You know what? Fuck it. You should listen to me. No. <laughs> there you go. You should. And, and like, I'm glad that that boosted your confidence. Uh, there okay. is a reason my Twitter profile refers to myself as a force multiplier. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I it's in my description. I don't I don't read those. Okay. <laughs> it's after it's after cosplayer and before by disaster. I just I completely skipped over that. I just completely ignored it. I found the okay. two most important things. <laughs> I think I did what I, what I do a lot of the times with those jokes is I or with those those things not necessarily a joke, but you know, force because it's force multiplier by Wait, force multiplier. What is it? Force multiplier by disaster. Oh, uh, my, uh, my description of myself on Twitter is. I'll pull it up and write it to you. Sure. Game designer. Period. Freelance writer. Period. Cosplayer. Period. Force multiplier. Period. By disaster. As in bisexual disaster. Oh. Period. Okay. 
<laughs> she slash her period co-host of bonus bonus exp cast period author slash developer at the onyx path okay the force multiplier part i just never i was just whatever yep. i don't read twitter bios for fun <laughs> okay <laughs> i know that someone wrote them for to be read but i don't read them they're either too many words okay. in which case i'm not gonna or they just say something like i like chips with no <laughs> like no <other> letters <laughs> I mean, I'm also a fan of of describing yourself as I like chips, no punctuation or capitalization. I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. That's the whole bio. Fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good nuggy boy. Period. That's it. I mean, them chicken, them chicken jugerts. <laughs> chicken jugerts. <laughs> like that, huh? My Twitter is delightful. I'm a I'm a joy to follow on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I mostly just retweet shit. Ray actually writes things. Oh, in our our division of labor, I should also mention that you do like all of our copy. Oh, yeah, I'm our social media manager, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you also do all of our copy. So like the really funny descriptions of all yeah. our episodes and whatnot is you. Yeah, I do work. I do do work. I, I mean, work. I do I mean, it sounds to me like you two have a really good partnership and are a team. Um. You know. Go team! Oh, no, I was trying to mansplain that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like... Actually... It's, it's, well, actually... Oh, God. Ugh, ugh. Well, actually... Well, actually... <laughs> um, I think it would only be mansplaining if you stopped this podcast it, it stopped like having a conversation and started telling us how we ought to run our podcast as if we didn't know oh that's uh... that would be that would that would be i would yeah. then trans i would transfer into my old uh customer service persona when i worked in retail which is mostly just a lot of like nervous quiet laughter and mm -hmm. uh-huh mm -hmm. <laughs> and then after the interview i text monica like what the fuck was that how did you how did you get us into this <laughs> yeah you'd be, you'd be mad at me i'd be mad too there would be a, we would probably be texting each other yeah i mean if, if if it had gone that way we almost certainly would be messaging each other dragging you behind your back yeah that's fine like when i see people that do that i do that to them <laughs> Good. It's a bad thing. Um, uh, as far as like design stuff goes, because we didn't really talk about design stuff at all, which is actually something we've also done together. Yeah, let's talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah we work because on, we work on Scion together. We are Scion buddies. We are Scion buddies. Um, my training wheels developer assignment was to develop the Scion Jumpstart adventure, which was going to be part of the Scion Second Edition Kickstarter. Um, and which my was tra training wheels developer was uh, I did the uh, the actual like adventure like scenario for yeah, that the, that scenario was based on a concept that uh, Neil Raymond Price, lead Scion developer, was like, uh, we need a demo for Gen Con like yesterday. Here's the general idea. I need you to come up with like. 1500 words of something usable and i was like okay uh so i actually wrote the the skeleton of that adventure like on my vacation while laying on the beach 
<laughs> and like I named all the characters, like sort of threw together the plotline based on the thing uh, Neil wanted me to do. And then originally they wanted me to write it. And I was like, oh, you kind of said I was going to going to get to practice developing could i do that instead and they were like okay sure uh so i did that and then i was like well i'm not going to write the adventure i'm going to to give it to someone else who was certainly going to do it better than i am and so i gave it to you thank you you're welcome i did a pretty good job i think you did do a pretty good job and what's, In fact, what's fun is um they actually had one of the first drafts they released to an actual play that they do uh, White Wolf actual plays. So I actually got to hear the module basically that I wrote being played out, being being run and, and played out, which was uh, a first, kind of an out of body experience. Very interesting to hear because uh, I had never written something that someone then ran without me there to like, oh, actually what I meant was this. So it was, a, it was, I wasn't just, it wasn't just death of the author. It was like author haunting you. <laughs> like I was floating above the table like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was. So what podcast and what episode? Oh yeah, hang on. Uh, I'm sorry. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Twin Cities by Night. Okay. Oh. And I can get the episode. Um. Dead air. Dead air is awesome. Do, 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 but Dead I'm looking air. it up too. It is <laughs> something to hear someone else work on something that you worked on. Because usually as a designer, you you know that once you've released your product, it's out of your hands, it's in the wild, and anybody can do anything with it, including be a total asshole. Um, mm -hmm. and like, you have to just sort of accept that that is a possibility and that that doesn't really reflect on you. It's, uh, um, it is on night, um, episodes 234 through 236. They have an early draft though, I which is cool that I was able to like tell, oh, well they were running the character this way. So this is a previous draft. Of, this is the first draft of what I wrote and blah, blah, blah. That's amazing. I'm so glad that we could plug that on here because. Uh, mostly because I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's like, well, okay, so let me ask about working on Scion in general, just because sure. um, it's Onyx Path. I played a bunch of the game when it was White Wolf. Mm -hmm. um, is it similar to the, the old system? It is so okay. much better. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's so much fun. I'm so excited for the new Scion. Oh. So, oh, I just tried to put my paint cap on my paintbrush. That's not the right lid. Okay, that's, that's enough of that for you. Okay, uh, so do you know anything about the Onyx Pass brand new proprietary system? I do Story not. Path. Oh, okay. uh, well, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit? <laughs> well, so it's, if you know what was New World of Darkness, mm -hmm. And you know, uh, like exalted an adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, take that idea and then marry it to modern concepts, like uh, like fate aspects. Okay. Um, like uh, power by the apocalypse moves, um, and that sort of thing. So it took. It's very much. It's still a white wolf game in that. D10 dice pool, 
you know, hunting for target numbers, point counting up successes, point by system, dots of things. Like those trappings are still there and familiar. Like the character, uh, if you look at the character sheet, I can show you a character sheet. Um, it's still very familiar. Uh, but um, it uses uh, New World of Darkness's uh, dice pool curve. So target number eight, uh, tens reroll. Um, which which makes a very narrow curve for success, mm -hmm. but also a very easy curve for success to work with. Um, unlike Exalted's uh, target number seven tens explode, which can swing wildly towards enormous successes. Yeah, which is fine. I think that fits Exalted very well. Um, so one of the really interesting things about designing for Scion was looking at and the, and the pools aren't massive. Like they're not they're not quite New World of Darkness small, but they're not exalted big. Okay. Um, so you got a kind of a middle of the road dice pool curve, um, where you're still looking at three dice to one success. And then you have to take that dice pool and then make it feel like demigods. So uh <laughs> I was the person behind designing and converting Story Paths core system to Scion, and I did the action-adventure system, so that's the entire combat system that's damage, that's healing, poison, illness, chases, uh, weapons and armor, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then I did the Knacks, which are the default, like, human-scale powers, okay. and then I did all three uh, epic attribute purviews, so epic strength, epic dex, epic stamina. Um, and so, like, I've been in involved with story path like elbows deep in scion's basic design yeah um but uh story path also does what old white wolf games sort of alluded to and then did poorly which is clearly breaks down from the beginning that there are three areas of action you have procedural which is like investigations and, and whatnot you have intrigue which is literally your social system and then you have action adventure which is all that physical stuff and so you have three really discrete subsystems, and then everything else works off of those. And I think that's very modern and well done. Huh? Yeah. No, the, I I like that. I like the way that sounds a lot. I um I uh, signed on for the Trinity Continuum. Um, I worked in Trinity Continuum too. Did you really? Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I so I'm a superhero guy. I I play every superhero game I can, and I ran a ton mm. of Aberrant. I didn't work on Aberrant. I didn't work on Aberrant. Okay. Um, but I was excited for the idea that Trinity Continuum just seems to say, these three games are related, you know, whereas originally it was like, oh, they're kind of related. Ooh. Like, okay, cool. Um, how? Ooh. Like, I always felt that way about <laughs> White Wolf. Like, ooh. Maybe the Black Hand are good guys now. Great. Are, are they good guys? Ooh. I'll never tell. <laughs> Wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, oh, that sounds really cool. I'm, uh, I, I, you know, this generally is not a in the weeds, like talk about the, the nitty gritty of, of game design podcast. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'm excited to kind of hear like what that translation sounds like, because that's, that's been fascinating to me that, that there are people doing that. And I'm so excited that I have 
uh, people on the show that are doing that. Um, I, I did a third of the gifts for, for the Trinity Continuum Core. Okay. Um, and because Trinity Continuum Core, Aeon, and Scion, and Aberrant, I guess, were all in development at the same time, mm -hmm. um, it's my rule for defense that went into the core rules. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, when... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if I want to say this. Maybe cut this part out. Margaret. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Margaret. <laughs> I'm going to say this. You can decide whether or not to leave this in. Sure. So there was a development process where uh, we had designed all of them under the assumption that defense was static. And then we got all of them got to proof phase. And the powers that be said, those were supposed to be rolled this whole time. We have to backport rolled defenses into the game. Uh, so I was one of the people who was involved in backporting that and like redoing a whole bunch of things to accommodate defense being a rolled stat. I uh, actually remember <laughs> in yeah. the notes, like, hey, it says on these notes that it's static, it's actually rolled. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of a weird thing to forget. Now I yeah. know the whole story. Yeah, no, that got changed. Um so uh, you roll your defense at the start of a fight, and then you get to basically buy defensive stunts with it. Okay. With the successes you generate. Uh, oh. You don't roll it every time, thank God. Um, but like the defensive stunts that went into the core book are, were also a product of my work. That's fantastic. Uh, so I, yeah, I worked. I did that, and then um, I. If you did, you go into Trinity uh, Aeon too. Because I've worked yeah, on a ton I, of stuff I, for AI. I basically figured I would just get the whole thing and then oh, okay, cool. figure out what I wanted to do with it when I had. Uh, I, I, in the, the Aeon expansion, um, which I think is one of the Kickstarter things that's, that you're going to be getting if you went into Kickstarter, um, I did the, the Vargs, which are basically Mecha. Oh, yeah. So that whole subsystem that will be in the Aeon expansion is all, that's my work. Wow. Yep. So when working on something and, and I don't think I don't think we're too in the woods by by talking about that, you know, okay. as far as that goes, um, because it's also like when you're working on something by committee like that, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily. by. I mean, it's it is uh, by committee. Sort yeah. Of. Um, you know, is there. I, I guess it's funny because while you were talking about it, I was like, ooh, I have an actual interview question because I asked like four in an hour. <laughs> uh, but um, then you kind of answered it with that that little, you know, the defense role thing. Um, mm -hmm. But like, is it for the most part pretty smooth as far as like what's designated for whom and, you know, that sort of thing? So uh, here's how it goes. Uh, and this varies by developer. So sure. you have a developer who's the person who's who's the boss, like they're the manager of the book. They're the project manager. Um, and they send out an outline that details everything that's going in the book and how many words each bit requires. So I'll use my Vargs as an example. That was a 5,000 word assignment. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, John Sneed is the lead developer for Aeon. So he sends out the outline. Um, the way he does it, and I believe the way Danielle uh, 
Lauzon does it, who is also um, a, a co-developer, I think, for Trinity Continuum. Uh, she was also involved in creating StoryPath. Um, their method is to go, hey team, you're the people I've brought on. Here is the outline. Everybody bids basically for the parts they want. So you respond with basically like, hey, I, hey Danielle, John, whatever. I want to write the opening fiction and I want to work on these vargs. That sounds really cool. Um, that's 7,000 words. Um, that's what I'm up for. Mm -hmm. And then the developer looks at everybody's bids and then they decide uh, who they think would be best for each part. Now, Neil, guy in charge of Scion, um, prefers to hire his team and then he decides who's on what. Yeah. And that's actually been my only experience so far. It's basically, <laughs> hey, do you wanna do you wanna work on you know insert project here? Yeah, okay. Then I get the outline and then and then down in there is like, oh, okay, uh, Rachel Cole, and then the assignment. So I I haven't had the opportunity to bid. To bid? Oh, okay. Well, that's I think that's just I think that's just developer style. Um, yeah. Here I am. If Neil, if you're listening to this, I'm about to say something nice about you. Don't let it go to your head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of his his talents as a developer is is knowing who will be really good in what section. Okay. Um, and then you have a set period of time to create your section to the specifications that is on the outline. So, like, if the outline says 500 words have to be dedicated to, you know, light artillery vargs, Oh, sorry, hang on. Gross. Then I goddamn well better. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the job. You as the freelancer have your assignment and you are expected to fulfill it to what is asked of you. Um and like so let's say I'm writing gifts, like I said, I wrote a third of them. There were two other authors. The three of us should work together often through like a slack chat room or email or hangouts or whatever to brainstorm and try to make sure that we're not duplicating work uh and and then ultimately if we do duplicate work it is then the developer's choice which one of those duplicates gets to stay sure uh, and then there's a whole all drafts are in development phase where the developer puts the stitches the whole goddamn book together <laughs> make sure everybody's writing lines up make sure nothing is repeated make sure everything matches like some of that's done during second drafts um i was a contributing author on uh, deviant the renegades which is probably going to go to kickstarter pretty soon um and uh, that was created. That was basically being created whole cloth while we were working on it. Mm -hmm. So I had to write a whole section with nobody else's material. Oof. <laughs> so like, and and I can't go and look at someone else's draft. I can only sh like holler into the void on the email list or in the Slack and be like, what do people think about this? <laughs> uh, so you know, my notes that came back on that was like, hey, this is you did a really solid, good first draft. You know, time to bring it into line with everybody else's. So you need to go read this section. Need to go read this section. Need to go read this section. <laughs> need to go read this section. So I had to go read like five other people's drafts in order to finish it and make it fit into the rest of the thing. And that, of course, saves work for the developer. Who otherwise, 
my next red lines for my next project is going to be like 90%. Hey, this is really good. Please go read all these like 27 other sections and bring it in line with those. Yep. That's the thing you got to do. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, oh, that, that's such great, like, oh, it's such great behind the curtain stuff though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, have um, a, it's, it's a, like a really collaborative, um, I, it's for me, it's still intimidating because I'm still pretty new to this, even though I've got a couple of, got a couple of credits now. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of back and forth, yeah. <laughs> a lot of sort of everybody making their own square for the quilt and then bringing it together and going, shit, mine's one inch too small. <laughs> and then like <laughs> kind of fixing it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, like a lot of, sometimes in first drafts, if I'm waiting on someone else's, like I had to, I, for a work, I'm working on um, Aeon's Distant Worlds and I had to do edges, which are basically merits and the character creation chapter isn't done. Ooh. Uh <laughs> So, I mean, they're they're happening at the same time. So, like, I'm, like, I create a placeholder sometimes that is just, like, hey, this is the idea I have. Yeah. This is is place held until I can see character creation. Okay. And then on on the second pass, I have to add it back in. That's been been my hardest lesson so far is the understanding that the first draft is just going to kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how it is for all writing, really. But because so many eyes, so there's so many different pairs of eyes that'll be pointed at this piece that I'm working on, whatever piece that may be for gaming, um, the the pressure is a lot higher. (laughs) So I feel like this has to be a super good first draft because I'm new and everyone's gonna see it, and that's just never the case. It's it's always allowed to suck a little bit. Yeah. Really, the most important, like, if you want to, so you want to be a freelancer, bah, 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 um, <laughs> the two really important things are uh, communicating if you're not going to be done on time mm-hmm. and following the fucking directions. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was like a no-brainer, but apparently <laughs> there's a bunch of writers out there that think that rule's not for me, and they just do whatever the fuck they want on their piece. <laughs> Yeah, apparently there are. Um, I that blows my mind, but apparently they're out there. I mean, I feel like we've already speculated on the male ego a lot today, so <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to throw it out there that it's a good chance. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna say outright that the common perpetrators of that problem are men. Yeah, but the common perpetrators of that problem are men. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure somewhere there's there's a lady who, who assumed that the outline didn't apply to her, but she's a rare occasion. I mean, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a whole thing. Well, it, just listen, whole thing. following instructions is a thing that dudes just don't pick up on, you know, instantly anyway. So, um, I mean... I know that from the the jobs that I've had where I train people, like, you know, if I get a male, like, and I'm I'm not, I, you know, I try not to be, I try not to be one of those people that's like, Oh, I'm going to have a problem with this. But when I, when I know when I'm working with a male at a company and I know I have to train them on our, on our, on the software that I support, I know it's going to be harder. 
<laughs> or I, that's how I anticipate it being harder. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. And yeah, yeah, anytime I've been in any any training position in the various real world mundane jobs that I've had, any training position, if I have to train in the, if I have to train a guy, it's like, oh man, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, does she, didn't, didn't we hire any women? Can I show, yeah. can I show another lady around? Because another guy, it's like, okay, is he gonna, is this gonna be an affront to his masculinity that there's a woman training him? Is he gonna assume that he already knows everything? Is he not even going to fucking listen to me? It's, yeah. it's, there's so many other, it's just a fucking, you know, there's lots of other, there's lots of other places that'll cover <laughs> the psychological nightmare of yeah, that's true. being a visible woman. But, you know. you know, it's really interesting to me, too, because while I certainly have experienced that to some degree, it happens to me less. Mm-hmm. Um. I think in very part, imposing. because I'm very imposing and, <laughs> a, very and like a little bit like masculine presenting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not gonna, yeah, no, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. That's the way no, I choose I, to yeah. express my gender yeah. identity. Um, you've, told me, you've told me stories where you've been sirred from behind. Yes. Huh? I mean, I don't know. I have long hair now, but when I had short hair, I would occasionally get sirred from behind because I'm very tall and, you know, so broad, like a, a triangle-shaped, like dudes are. Okay. <laughs> I have broad shoulders and, and a narrow, and a narrow waist. You got that, you got that clamp anime boy body. You got the clamp anime boy body. Yeah, I do. Burrito <laughs> legs. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I'm I'm six feet tall, so that is that is as tall or taller than most men. Mm-hmm. Um, dudes who are dudes who are taller than me are frightening. Um, she says married to. <laughs> A man who's taller than her. Um. <laughs> oh, there he is. The voice of the there Yeti. He, he yeah, makes himself known. He does. Um, yeah, but like, I was actually at a, you know, you know, I was painting a miniature. I play miniatures games. Um, for a while, I was playing them competitively, which you want to talk about being the only woman in a room. Uh, yeah, uh, indeed. Um, and I went to uh, a more relaxed tournament, but I went to it with my girlfriend, who is short and very femme and really good looking uh and like the the way my opponent treated me and the way her opponent treated her when we were right next to each other at two adjacent tables was like night and day huh really yeah really were they like startlingly different opponents like could you tell like okay this is a really cool guy that's a de- that's an asshole or i was mean that not a not a thing i you know you you get to talk to it's a two hour round so, and I wasn't playing against the other dude, mm-hmm. um, but he like definitely talked to me differently than he talked mm-hmm. to her. How hard was it to like suppress your urge to jump over to the other table? Like, listen, fucko. <laughs> I mean, it was str- it was pretty strong, uh, <laughs> but I was also heavily concentrated on not losing. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I'm done kicking this guy's ass. I'm coming over there to kick your ass. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She she was sitting next to me, like we were two adjacent tables. She's sitting next to me, and she was like, "Man, you are way nicer to to me when we're playing than you are to this person." And I was like, "One, I don't know him, and two, I'm here to win." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won, by the way. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. I haven't heard this story. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> 
It's it, we're, just I, having, I, we're just having a bonus experience episode. <laughs> hey, I, I, this is uh, this is what the lounge is all about. So, what uh, what game do hey, you when play? Are, when are those cheesy sticks gonna get here? I ordered them like an hour ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, damn, where are my pierogies? Um, <laughs> I, I I was playing uh, Malifaux Second Edition. At the oh, time. okay. I, I you know what? I was sitting here listening to you talk, and I thought, I wonder if it's Malifaux. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um. I own a bunch of Malifaux minis, but I've never played the game, uh, and I can't paint, so there's that. Um, but you know what? It, it, there is a thing with with competition. I I used to play a lot of like uh, Warhammer, and um, I've played Blood Bowl, so much Blood Bowl over the years and stuff like that. And now I play online, and I've always been really bad at it. So, <laughs> but I'm not a sore loser. I like just like playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I recently, we had a, a Blood Bowl competition that we all, a bunch of my friends played online. And it turns out I've figured out how to play these games now. Um, because <laughs> I ass. Like, I was just... <laughs> you level up. Yeah. And I was like, huh. And then, like, people were mad. And I'm like, uh, no. Why would they be mad for you learning how to play the game and playing it well? Well, be- <laughs> it's not a game. Why do you have to be mad? That competitive frustration <laughs> is not a thing I've ever felt. You know, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I I used to get really worked up, and then I started meditating regularly, and then I that calmed down a lot. <laughs> but part of that was because I would I would put I, I would put things, you know I did I well I didn't really I just found a way to control my own anxiety like I would put so much pressure on myself that I would get angry when I would lose which wasn't my I wasn't mad at my opponent I was mad at me I have the same I have the same thing but I feel like when I step into like the competitive arena in a primarily masculine game I feel like I'm representing literally every woman <laughs> yes there's there's that too like the whole of my gender is counting on me to win this game yeah so like you poorly or lose it sucks i've it's got to get right out of that. for you they are no i'm no <laughs> fuck <laughs> God damn i mean I'll yeah that there's one Disney again like there would there like whenever i, I would guess get super super anxious and like i just i started just like finding a whole lot of anxiety coping things um to to manage that beforehand because i would just get so inside my head that i would choke at things that i was good at yeah um and part of that was like the pressure i put on myself just my just normal pressure like my jerk brain would beat me up and then of course i'm a woman in a male-dominated game and if i'm bad at it then i'm then all women are bad and i have to like stand up for us and yeah 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 and then you know I, i i had i would I would use both binaural noise, which there was a certain frequency at which it matched like my anxious pulse rate and it would like totally make my brain chill out. So I would just put one earbud in and let the the binaural noise do its thing and then it would totally straighten my brain out. Hmm. I don't know what, how or why. That was one of the things I would do. And once I sort of got calm, then I could play well. Um, and like the, I mean the the, the people who are truly good don't get mad right when you're a good opponent right like like win or lose people who are actually good at good at games and and are good healthy competitors like are like you know what you beat me but damn that was close yeah <laughs> yeah and that's a really good feeling 
No, it, it, absolutely. It's, it's, um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's that, that sometimes that, that competitive drive overrides, you know, the, you're supposed to have fun thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but, uh, Hey, I, listen, I, I tell everybody, if you really want to be fun to, to play games with, just lose for a long time. Cause there's an advantage <laughs> to being a loser. So <laughs> that's, uh, true. that's very true. If you're really bad at them, people are going to love playing with you. They love playing with you. Um, so I think um, there's a benchmark of good game design where a game is fun even when you're losing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, that's actually a really good point. I think that's a that's a great point to uh, kind of move into our closing on because we've been talking for a while and this is going to be a long episode. But I don't care because I like <laughs> I like I like talking with the two of you because you're cool. Um, well, thank you. No, you're you. pretty cool too. Thank you. I'm not. I won't be texting Monica after this. Go yeah. on, what the fuck? I think we'll, we'll probably be like, "That was a good time. That was a good time." Hey, good, good. I'm glad. That's what yeah. I'm here for. Is for everybody to have a good time and be cool. And I even wish... though I, I didn't get my cheese blasted sticks, well, <laughs> my, <laughs> my cheese blasted snack and sticks never arrived. But the, it's all right. That's more of the service. Lounge is that it's all. Yeah, everything you order ends up getting to me. Um, oh, it's been really good though. I've been enjoying it the whole time. So, well, you jerk. I hope <laughs> the glasses flavor sticks. <laughs> snack <and> sticks. <laughs> the, the cheesy gordita crunch flavor blasted snack and sticks. <laughs> we, we had Applebee's. <laughs> Is this an Applebee's? Apparently, the lounge. <laughs> the, the lounge brought to you by Chili's. <laughs> Oh, 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 I got me nerd snorting. <laughs> uh. um, so uh, let me let me ask this. I mean, you're you're both playing some games right now. Um, tell me, um, tell me about your favorite character. Are you is, are any of you playing in games, or are you both running? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not currently playing. I'm only currently running. Are you? <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'm sure I could dig deep, find a little. Yeah, bit tell me about your favorite character you've you you, you play now or you have played. Uh, my uh, my most recent favorite character uh, was in my my husband's first D and D game that he ran. He ran a a campaign of his own design that was actually really cool. It was about like the War of Dragons, and we were trying to take out evil dragons and support the good dragons and it was fun um and i played a dwarf cleric i've been very recently embracing my inner dwarf energies uh <laughs> because i i too am very short and hairy uh so i but i was playing uh, i was playing an older like dwarf woman which one could not find a mini for her that wasn't weird because mm-hmm. <laughs> have a thing for dwarf women that is sort of uncomfortable yeah um so I was playing a grandma, and I and I she insisted the whole party call her Oma, and she became like this really important fixture of the party that in it sort of ended up inadvertently rehabilitating our evil character, because the player uh, decided the player insisted he was playing someone who was chaotic neutral. Uh-huh. And we had to keep pointing out to him like you're taking evil actions, 
until you know the GM, my husband, like had some very kind words with words with him. Like you either need to have an arc with this character because I'm not comfortable running for an evil guy, or I can let you roll another character. Uh, and he ended up having an arc that tied in with like he had this bond with my grandmother dwarf cleric who was like baking cookies for him, and and he was this re- rehabilitated assassin who decided that he was just gonna protect his oma. And he's like a giant bird man. He's playing Aarakocra. Okay. <laughs> so she ended up having like these really important familial relationships with these crazy murder hobos. It was really fun. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Monica? Uh, I am uh, playing in a lot of games right now. Yeah. Um, you spent that whole time thinking, fuck, who am I going to pick? Fuck, who am I going to pick? Yeah. Tell, tell them uh, about your um, tell them I think about I your ha- I think I have to. I was going to say, I think I have to talk about my Blades in the Dark character because yeah. because I think we have to do a whole war story. Did I just pull that out of nowhere? <laughs> no, no, she's she's a cutter. Uh, yeah, okay. Ash is her name. Um. So Blades in the Dark is not supposed to be a game about playing extraordinary badasses. Mm-hmm. But my cutter in Blades in the Dark started with the move not to be trifled with, which is the one that lets you spend uh, push yourself so you spend two stress. Uh, and then you can do a, 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 a superhuman feat, basically. Like you can fight a whole gang of six people one-on-one, like one versus six, or you can push yourself to do something you normally couldn't do or whatever. Um, but, but mechanically it like bumps your, uh, your effect up. Uh, so I have some of the most extraordinary dice luck when I am playing Blaze in the Dark, uh, such to the point that a bit later on the GM was like, oh, I forgot to tell you guys two sixes are criticals. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, <laughs> two sixes are criticals. And I was like, uh, oh, should have been declaring criticals. Should have been declaring criticals this entire time. Um, Henry is arguing with me from the other room that he told us that before, but we forgot. Podcast, Henry. <laughs> uh, so I guess he did tell us, and I forgot. Okay. But I was still like, excuse me. <laughs> so, uh, frequently. Uh, so basically, because of my good luck and this really cool move that I use all the time, um, Ash the Cutter is perhaps the most terrifying mortal in Dusk Bowl. <laughs> uh, and because frequently the party gets into situations where, like, solving the problem with violence will, like, like people will try to stop us from doing something, and then Ash will be just like wave the rest of the party off and be like, go, go argue with the ghost or whatever, I'm going to fight these thugs. Uh, so I'm often just like solving the problem for the rest of the party with violence while they go do another thing, which means I've also advanced faster than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I also have the ghost fighter talent. So Ash on more than one occasion has beaten the shit out of a vampire, which in Blades in the Dark is like super dangerous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like Everyone else is playing Blades characters as Blades characters are supposed to be, and I am playing a candidate for exaltation. I was gonna say, yeah, you're. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the wrong game. I mean, like, 
that that game is gonna end, Ash is gonna exalt and then just step into exalted, like tear herself out of my character sheet and walk into exalted. <laughs> I, I think my favorite my favorite stories that you've told me about Ash have involved um, uh, Blades's equipment system, which is you can declare, oh, yeah. as long as you have boxes left, you can declare, oh, I always had this with me, which leads to Ash really dramatically like her coat blowing open and she's been wearing armor the whole time. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. And then like, uh, I love the unusual weapon uh, and I have a brain full of useless knowledge. So I know all kinds of like East Asian martial arts weapons and weird uh, HEMA martial arts weapons. And so like, uh, like not only will I be like, oh, I'm wearing armor the whole time. My coat blows dramatically open, but also I'll be like, you know, you know, a way to chain just drops out of Ash's sleeves. <laughs> or like, <laughs> just like pulling a Glaive Gusarme out of one sleeve. Because <laughs> yeah, you can just declare it being there. Um, and as long like, as it's unusual. <laughs> right. Um, one time I declared that I had a, a sword with like a long glass blade that had holy water in the hilt. And if you push the button, it filled with holy water and was good for fighting ghosts and spirits. Oh shit, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that story. <laughs> I, I we'll do a we'll do a war stories about Ash and the things I have done in Blades in the Dark. Oh, I um, Blades so bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I'm playing this <coughs> tremendously badass character in a game where that's not supposed to happen. Wow. That's amazing. Um wow, well, you know what? Uh, I think that that's a great note to close on. Um, okay. Because you you both got to tell, tell me about some some like one really badass and one really kind and gentle character. I feel like that's the di- you know that's the range you want for a player character. Yeah, I mean you should also know yeah. that Ash doesn't really talk. Okay. I don't deliver snappy one-liners. Uh, I don't banter. Um, and this is also a face-to-face game, so a lot of my portrayal of this character is just through me portraying body language. Nice. Like uh, so uh, I don't run at people. It's a lot of facial expressions and like head head gestures and like shoulder movements. We're gonna have to leave some of these for war stories. We've been recording yeah, for I'm like gonna... an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I got kids, man. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, and I'm having a coughing fit, so that's a good time to wrap up. I'm going to shut Sounds up. Good. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> um, uh, I will plug all your stuff, but uh, thank you, uh, Monica and Ray, for coming on the lounge. And um, we're super us. excited to have you on the Misdirected Mark Network um, because I think you what you're what you're bringing, what you're adding is is just fantastic. So, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Of course, and you know what? I think Monica's coughing, so I'm going to speak for her too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, I was. I do say this to every guest, but I also mean it every time. Uh, if you ever want to come back on the lounge, you just let me know, and uh, we will do it. Because, um, I mean, hell, we could just tell war stories for an hour. Like, I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially you could, if you're old world. Well, you could come on to bonus experience and we could do a bxp lounge crossover where you tell war stories i would love that very much actually yeah. that would be a lot of fun you, you send an email will you have your people call our people <laughs> yeah oh no our, our fictional staff will help 
I'll range. Get, I'll get Joe, the band leader, to, to shoot you an email once he figures out what a computer <laughs> is. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, and we'll, we'll see. Oh, I almost forgot my thing that I do uh, at no. the end of every episode, which you know, is to ask my guests to, to let the, the, um, to let the audience know to stay classy. So do you want to do, does one of you want to do the honors? Do you want to try it in unison? I mean, we could both. Oh, I thought you were we could, I mean, I, I have a moment's reprieve. Okay. Go for it. Nope. She just went again. All right. Do I, is this like a it's still, classy San Diego? Yeah, well, you know, it's the lounge lizards is the is the the term. So, you know, <laughs> go, go ahead and let it out there. Stay classy, lounge lizards. Beautiful. That was perfect. <laughs> Did you want us both to say it and you can stitch it together? Oh, she's back. Um, I'm back. I think we're okay. Okay. I want to thank Monica and Ray from the Bonus Experience Podcast for coming by and hanging out in the lounge. Season 2 is off to a great start. We're having a good time. You can find Monica at Zenith Sun and Ray at Ray underscore Cole, both on Twitter. Their website is bxcast.com and you can find the podcast itself on Twitter at bonus EXPcasts. And hey, I want to thank you for coming by and listening to The Lounge is a misdirected mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs with lots of great shows like this one. Misdirected Mark. Chris, Phil, Bob, and Camden go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. The Lounge theme, and so it begins by Artificial Music, is used under Creative Commons 3.0. Support Contessa at Contessa.rocks. Find your host, Jesse Doc Edmund at Doc Palindrome on Twitter. All the links from this episode can be found in the episode description. Stay classy, lounge lizards. 